Welcome to episode 23 of Probably Polly, the podcast where we question everything, even our name. As always, I am your host, Michael Haig. And I am your co-host, Mandy Conan. This week, Sarah Lucas will not be joining us. She had another commitment, but we have a guest host this week, Sarah Neal. I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you'll do a better job than me. <laughs> I'm Sarah Neal. I am a life, spiritual, and relationship coach for the non-traditional communities. I am also a co organizer of the group Agape Atlanta, which provides a social networking community and events for non-traditional communities. And we work with as many non-traditional communities that we can, like Atlanta Poly Weekend and Atlanta Poly Emory to host events. Speaking of which, that is where I met Sarah. And also Atlanta Poly Weekend is coming up again, not soon, soon, but not too far on the horizon. So start paying attention to it, everyone. Yes, June 7th to 9th. Right. And one of your specialties topics is coming out, right? Yes. Or yes, 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 yes. And communications (laughs) with others. Communications with others. Communications with others. Within relationships. All types of relationships, not just your romantical relationships, but relationships with everybody in your life. Sure. And that's what, what we found relatively early on when we started doing this is that our goal was to help everybody, not just polyamorous people and romantic relationships, but that most relationship advice works for anybody. Absolutely. Which I think is also a good place philosophically from the polyamory perspective, because since you don't have that obvious dyad of one other person who's romantic and you have the entire spectrum of between just met you all the way to friend to life partner that's a friend but not romantic but or is romantic but isn't sexual or is sexual but isn't romantic or is both <laughs> then it makes it really clear how it's a spectrum rather than a straight jump yes absolutely so not surprisingly coming out is going to be our topic for the evening and i think that's something unlike a lot of our topics that everyone has done because everyone had to do it right this is true most everyone i think yeah well i guess not everybody has to do it well if you're out yeah if you're out you had to come out at one point (laughs) (laughs) i think yeah i mean if you're on this show you're out to at least one human being i think i I could be wrong I don't know. You'd be out to us, right? I mean, you would hope if you had multiple partners, you were you, you would hope you were out to those partners. But yes, 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 yes. If you're ethical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we're using the official definition of polyamory, right? Polyamory self-defines as ethical non-monogamy. So. But of course, people always forget that, which is why you get titles like ethical polyamory, which is hilarious. All right, so... It, it's a tricky situation because it varies from person to person. Right. Oh, absolutely. And then it varies from relationship to relationship. It's never a one-size-fits-all. You actually teach a taught a class on this, so you want to get us started and then we can ask questions for once? It'd be nice for me to kick <laughs> my feet up and, and get to talk. <laughs> I mean, I, I could do We could do it that way. What I came up with for that workshop was questions to ask yourself to evaluate for yourself and your particular situation what it would look like for you. With the disclaimer of things don't always work out how we envision them to. How I envisioned coming out to my mom, for instance, did not work out the way I wanted it to. It was a nightmare. It was horrendous. And she was the one person who I thought that it might not be as difficult to come out to. So I came up with a list of questions. All right, hold on. I wanted to, to add real quick before you go forward. Yeah, I had a similar experience with my brother. I expected my parents to be upset, but I didn't think my brother would have a stake in it because I didn't know why that would matter. But Why your mm-hmm. sex life mattered to your brother? Or why your personal relationships mattered to Even your Even if it mattered, I never expected, like it's so sideways. I just, I told him and he looked at me and just goes, how could you do that to your kids? I didn't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
This was this was a decade ago. Right. Yeah. You're like my hypothetical yeah. children. I was like, that is the weirdest. <laughs> yeah. Like that was it was just so bizarre. Not only was it negative, but it was just confusing. What? <laughs> I mean, my mom lashed out in all sorts of ways, and then was finally like, after talking with a bunch of people about my personal life, her friends was like, oh wait, okay, well, my godmother's daughter, one of her daughters, is a child psychologist. So then she had to get her opinion. Well, I guess as long as you're out to your children and they're not confused, then I, I guess it's okay. I was like, well, of course it, we're out to our kids because they live here and they're a part of our lives and it's important for them to know. Oh, okay. Although a lot of people are not. I mean, I talk to people all the time who they're are not, not out, out to their, their kids. kids. Yeah. No, there are a lot of people are not. Absolutely. But it was just kind of, she has a habit of telling my own personal life to all of the people around her mm -hmm. and that was more of her issue was that she was more concerned about what her people thought not about how I was or if I was happy or anything like that but what her friends might have thought what will the neighbors think exactly <laughs> I was reading a study on generational change today on how people change social attitudes. This specific study was on acceptance of gay marriage. And it was saying that 18% of people said they decided to agree with gay marriage just because that looked like that was where the culture was going and change was inevitable. And it's weird to me how motivating that is for so many people. I had a friend who, during the primaries for the Democratic Party, voted for Hillary Clinton when she wanted to vote for Bernie because she, quote, didn't want to vote for the losing candidate. Wow. And I was like, that's how voting works. <laughs> like, I don't, the, the only thing voting is trying to figure out is who you like. That's it. And she just voted for who she thought would win, you know? And so a lot of people, that's really important. Yeah. When I came out to my mom and she had this big issue with it and I looked at my husband and I was like, all right, so here's what's going to happen. She's going to see this movement happening. And then once she realizes how significant this polyamorous <laughs> movement is, we are going to be the poster children in her eyes. Oh, well, my, mm -hmm. my daughter and her husband have been doing it for this amount of years. Right. Because then it becomes okay. She can brag on you that you're socially progressive and interesting. and Right. Absolutely. It still has nothing to do with us. But then, oh, maybe it is socially acceptable. And, you know, she was all in the, with the women's rights and has a story about being in Ireland and the ERA versus the IRA and all that stuff. And, and so she's all women hear me war because that was what she was supposed to be at this time. As soon as she realizes this whole movement is going on, then she's going to jump on board. Not because she's accepting me for who I am, but because... That's the trend she's seeing. So, Sarah, was she the hardest person for you to come out to? She was. She was harder than my ex-husband. Did you foresee that happening like that? Or did you think your ex-husband was going to be harder? My ex-husband found out because one of my kids just kind of slipped with it. But I thought that she would be a little more compassionate and a little more understanding because of the childhood that I had of the idea of progressive Right. That was, yeah, that was what I was talking about with my parents. They always talked about being very, very, very progressive. Yeah. And they were like, we're pro-gay, we're pro-black, we're pro-minority rights. And I'm like, cool, I'm poly. And they were like, uh, no. Exactly, no. exactly. Mm. And, you, and, and I <laughs> talked with you a little bit about that, too, because even my siblings were like, what if she had said she was gay? Then it would be okay. But this isn't okay. It got 
bad. It got ugly for a while, and it's still a really uncomfortable conversation. Two years later, it's still an uncomfortable conversation. Oh, so that was only two years ago. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to be proud of myself for a minute, but I've been having that conversation with my mom for a decade before I kind of got her on board. So. Mm. so basically, your mother wasn't really a progressive thinker. She was basically a progressive follower. Yes, even in dating people of different races. I grew up in the, we don't see color, but we only date people of a certain color we don't see color because we never invited around (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly so yeah it's okay if they're gonna do it but we can't do it Mm -hmm. this was one of the biggest insights i got from my conversations with my mom and that my mom got from the conversations with her which let me stop you for a second michael and guys if you've not listened to the recordings of the talks with michael and his mom they're episode three and four and i highly suggest you go listen to them i sent my mom to those they were excellent (laughs) they were excellent thank you Although this is actually something that came out from talking to her after. Like, that's an ongoing dialogue. I think that was the biggest jump that I've ever had in that dialogue because we just had four solid hours of discussing it. Well, you kind of forced it. Yeah. Yeah. But we had a long discussion before that, and then we have had a lot more. Like, since then and how productive that was, we've had a lot of discussions since. One of the big revelations for me that was confusing was was exactly this, was why did that happen? And the answer was, so you had a generation of people who figured out logically that it wasn't okay to be racist it wasn't okay to be sexist it wasn't okay to control people's gender identities and sexual expressions and so they said those things but they didn't learn it emotionally because they still were brought up Mm -hmm. in a culture where they were immersed in being against those things and so they Mm -hmm. had all the cultural Mm -hmm. scripts running even though intellectually they knew those were not good but then what happened is they brought us up and when we were coming up we just only heard the actual language and so we just thought that was the truth Mm -hmm. the intellectual part yeah and which i think it is obviously but so we had the emotional part too because you know i'm here i'm five years old which is the great thing about generation Right. Yeah. You know, your parents knew intellectually that it was wrong. So that's what you heard. Mm-hmm. So then you got that part. Plus, right. our next generation is going to be even better, in my opinion. Oh, I think so. The way we think and the way we build on that. Absolutely. Well, and that's how generational change happens, is that you don't even have to all the way yeah. embrace it. Your generation just has to appear to embrace it. And the next generation will actually live that truth. So you, exactly, you just have to yeah. name it. <laughs> And then they'll actually do it for you. Mm-hmm. To some extent, that's why the Trump stuff is so dangerous when people talk about how now people are happy to talk about being racist again. The reason that's so much of a problem is because that creates a potential for generational change the wrong way. Yep. Yes. So people yes. are like, why is it a problem? It's just, you know, people having free speech. And we've talked about free speech before. If you think free speech means no social censure, you don't understand what free speech means. Free speech is the government doesn't arrest you. Not your neighbors don't go, you're a terrible person. Right. That's how free speech is supposed to function. <laughs> Yes. People are supposed to tell you when you're crazy. But yeah, that was a huge revelation for me that my mom just, like, she knows it all intellectually, but emotionally, it's still very, very challenging for her. It's not part of who she is in the way that it's part of who I am. And, you know, I'm still grateful to her because it's part of who I am because that's what she taught me. Mm -hmm. So at least identifying what the right thing was to do worked out for me, even if it's something she still had to struggle with. Well, and what's funny to me is that my father came up from a little more conservative background. His mom is passed away last year but she was the just epitome of maternal love and affection and non-judgment and just this amazing woman but she was still the daughter of a methodist minister growing up (laughs) during the depression in alabama sure right so there was still a lot of conservative thoughts going on there 
But when I told my dad, he was like, well, you know what? If it makes you happy, then it makes you happy. How do we deal, you know, with the rest of the family? But that's what makes you happy. And then he got really, really sick that year. Bad sick with heart issues and ended up living with us for a year. During the time he was in the hospital, during the time that he was living with us, he got to see how it worked. He got to see how my boyfriend, Tim, and my husband, John, worked together to keep me together and hold me up so that I could take care of him. Mm. And so then for him, it finally clicked. Oh, wait, this isn't just about being horny. (laughs) This is about love. This is about support. This is about, you know, getting what you need from other people. Connection. Although if that is the way you practice, that's also fine, guys. Yes. Absolutely. But he was able to understand that, oh, wait, now I get it. Now I understand that Tim can provide you with this kind of support while John provides you with that kind of support. And you need both. And that's okay. And then he started to think, well, maybe if I'd had that when I was married to your mother, then we would maybe still be married. You know, like... So it all just kind of started clicking into place for him. He who came from this very conservative background. Yeah, exposure is a huge deal. Yeah, you you know what's funny is, so my mom was part of the free love hippie movement. So I thought that she (laughs) wouldn't even blink an eye. I assumed they dropped acid and had orgies and loved each other and, you know... (laughs) What mm-hmm. you see in the movies, right? Sure. So, and I'd heard stories too, so I wasn't too far off. But she was very concerned about mm-hmm. not about my kids, but about my current relationship because I didn't come out to my mom until probably eight years ago. Wow. Prior to that, it was kind of a don't ask, don't mm-hmm. tell policy. Mm-hmm. She knew I had other people in my life, but I think she just assumed that I was screwing them all. Mm-hmm. It was just physical. Her concern was, but but we like Jerry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Mom, he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but isn't this going to hurt your relationship with him? No, Mom, actually, it's probably going to make it a little better. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not going to be as much pressure on him. Well, and Jerry, was Jerry Polly at the time when you started dating him or did you guys? Yes, we were both part, yeah. Okay, because as I say, that's the other thing is I can pretty much guarantee you if you're dating a Polly person and you go, well, it's got to just be me and nobody else, then then that's when Jerry's going to run away. <laughs> like, you want Jerry to run away. Right. <laughs> me, you, you, you and me go tell him we got to be monogamous Whereas my now, mom so thought I, yeah, my that mom works thought out. My Let husband me watch that. coerced me. <laughs> into polyamory and i was like that's yeah oh that's sure. see that's funny because my mom it was the other way my mom thought i was forcing jerry to. she's do like it. mandy what did you do <laughs> yeah, yeah like I, what it, like i was yeah. some mm-hmm. wicked awful person that was yeah my yeah. dad for mm-hmm. sure checked in with my mm-hmm. wife when i wasn't around to make sure i wasn't coercing her <laughs> But, you know, like, one of the ways that I explained it to my mom, and still to this day, she'll go, I don't understand it completely, but whatever makes you happy, Mandy. But I think that when she talks to other people, she acts like she's the (laughs) all-knowing mother of the poly chick. But, you know, I said, Mom, was my dad the only person you were ever in love with? Well, no. Like, you know, like, that was the (laughs) dumbest question ever. Well, no. And I was like, so you loved people prior to dad, right? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, don't you still love them? Well, yeah. So, you like, you have feelings for them right yeah wouldn't it be cool if you could have them mm-hmm. in your life and dad and of course i told you my mom was like no <laughs> never i've never loved anyone or had any interest in any human being right. that wasn't your father ever not once and i'm like not all once. right well i don't cool. get it 
And my mom was like, oh, okay, I get it. All right, so let's do the questions. What are the questions you think people should ask? Well, I have lots of questions. Okay, so number one, what are the reasons you want to come out to your family and friends? That seems to go along with, for some people, because then I can be more comfortable about who I am around the people I care most about. Well, and having real relationships with the people you're coming out to, Mm -hmm. too, right? I mean, if you're lying about something that's like the most important part of your life to someone, you don't really have a relationship with that person in the way that you'd want to. Yeah, you want to be the the most genuine you you can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So figuring out why you want to do this, why you want to take this risk is a huge step in that. And then what have been some of the challenges of coming out? So if you've come out to certain people, what have some of those challenges been? Well, someone please think of the children. (laughs) And I get that question a lot. I'm sure you do. So much. So much. Because I'm very out and my children are... I mean, I don't want to say my children are out, but they're completely candid about, you know, their mom and their stepdads that are that are poly. And my biggest thing that's happened is my children have lost the ability to hang out with some friends. Mm-hmm. And I worry about that, too, because we're also in a suburb of Atlanta that is not Mm -hmm. extremely diverse while at the same time during the summer if we're at the community pool my husband are going oh they're not monogamous they're not monogamous they're you know like pointing people out because that whole radar thing going on but it's all kept under wraps Mm -hmm. and it's all quiet right and nobody's open about it it's okay to do it as long as you're doing it behind closed doors. Exactly. Oh, that's the historic Southern covenant, yeah. right? Cheating is fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having multiple relationships that you don't talk about is fine. Yes. Don't bring but, it to the pool, though. <laughs> the pool is sacred. <laughs> At least it. hide it pretty well under the guise of drinking too much beer. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my girls have had some of that just because of my spiritual beliefs. Not being Christian and not participating in churches and christian Mm -hmm. type activities and all that so they they kind of have a clue as to who it might be safe to share information with but i still absolutely worry about the kids and their friends right and that's kind of what our problem has been so far is it's not been my kids friends that have been judgmental it's their parents It's their parents. Absolutely. Specifically, my daughter's best friend used to come hang out all the time. She was part of the family Mm -hmm. until Ryan moved in with us. Mm. And her mom asked her who that was. Mm. And she was like, oh, well, that's Emery's mom's boyfriend. I'm sorry. I thought Emery's mom was married. Well, she is. Mm-hmm. The little girl had didn't. There was nothing in her head that thought that that was wrong. Absolutely. She had known my daughter for so long that it, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. So she when her when her mom asked, she never thought to lie or to omit mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And then now all of a sudden, I mean, for the past two years, she can come. What's funny is she can come over during the day. But she can't spend the night anymore. You don't know what happens when the sun goes down. <laughs> We're like werewolves. Right. We see the moon. Yes, that's exactly. It's, it's all That's over. when we turn. <laughs> yes. It sucks. It sucks for my kids, for sure. But they wouldn't want it any other way. Right. My kids don't see it as a thing. It just is. Right. And when my mom was freaking out, my oldest was like, I don't understand what the big deal is. 
All right. So then the question of why have you chosen not to come out? Is it because of children? Is it because of your workplace? Is it because you are very dependent on your family members? And to evaluate your reasons for for not coming out at this point. Mm-hmm. So there are people who are afraid of losing their children sure. if they come out, which is a very legitimate fear. Do not Absolutely. come out if it will cost you your kids. Do not come out if it will cost you your living situation. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> right. So if you're afraid of losing your children, if you're afraid of losing your job, because that's an issue. If you're afraid of your landlord, if you are in that situation, these are all very legitimate and important concerns to have. We are definitely not out to the landlord. (laughs) Exactly. And there's no protected class status for it. Exactly. There's not. There's not. So evaluating the reasons you haven't, because some of those reasons are valid. Exactly. Very valid. And are reasons you don't want to come out. That is okay. That is okay. Mm -hmm. That does not make you less polyamorous. That does not make you less of a person. It's a valid reason because our environment, our society is not completely willing to embrace all of that and protect all of that. For sure. And that needs right. to be an okay reason. Mm-hmm. You guys remember the two years they had the coming out day? And then by the second year, people were being like, screw this. You shouldn't have a day that just says you have to come out. And they had like the, and so they still have it. But now it's like got a lot of stuff like it's coming out day. Unless it's not. Don't do it if it's going to hurt you, which is great. But... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 So if it's peer pressure of coming out, but so many other things are at risk, mm-hmm. it's okay to resist that peer pressure. I've said that the first time I told my mom, she said that she would disown me. And that's a big point of contention with my mom. She doesn't remember that either because she just doesn't remember it. She doesn't remember a lot of things. Or because it was so emotional that she sort of blocked it. I don't know which. Right. But mm-hmm. she says she doesn't remember and I believe she does not remember her. So she gets mad when I bring that up because she feels like I'm attacking her. And so, mom, if you're listening, but you'd very I'm much sorry. Her, I'm, right? I'm not right. trying to attack you. Yeah, for me, it's an it's a coherent, true part of my story. I don't think I would have immediately yeah. gone and told everyone that if it did not happen. No. I don't right. think that I'm that kind of person. And not only is it a true and coherent part of your story, it obviously had a huge impact on mm-hmm. you. So I don't think that that's something that you would have just Yeah, it would imagined. be confusing, right? I agree. Right. So I, I did tell my mom sort of right, really early on in the beginning, so like nine, ten years ago now. And then she said that. And at the time, I was still in college for like the third time. And she was helping with my rent and helping with my college. And and so I did not mention it again for four years for that exact reason. Because she had the negative well, reaction. Right. Well, because I was like, with, I yeah. could lose my house. I could lose my ability mm-hmm. to finish my degree, which would leave me in between careers with nowhere mm-hmm. to go. So it wasn't until I had graduated again and was in a financial position between Lissa and I that if they had been like, you know what, you're done, we would have been like, okay, you know, that I went back to having yeah. that discussion for, for exactly that yeah. reason, which was I was like, ooh, move too fast. Hold on. Going to backpedal on that one a little bit. Right. Hey, I'm out at work and I've not always been out mm-hmm. at work. I work with one of my husbands at the same company. We were out to our friends there, to people that we hung out with outside of work that they knew, you know, that we weren't out to work. So they didn't out us. I actually had somebody that I work with though. I had friended somebody on Facebook and that person told somebody else what they saw. Mm. And she outed me that the person that, you know, 
received the rumor, or I mean, it wasn't a rumor, it was true, but it was received the information, then went to my whole department and outed Mm. me. And when I found out, I then made sure everybody was clear (laughs) that I was then out on my own Mm -hmm. terms Mm -hmm. and not just what she decided everyone needed to know. Mm -hmm. When I've never been outed, that's not an experience I've had. I've only ever told people. It sucks. It for mm -hmm. sure. Yes. And I've been very lucky in that context. It's such a lack of control when you don't feel like you have control of your own life. Absolutely. And your own story. Yeah. Yeah. It's devastating when you walk into that. Yeah, because then, like, everybody's got their own ideas as to what's going on. Mm -hmm. So that kind of leads into the next one of what are your biggest fears of coming out? You're disassociated from your family. You are, you lose your kids, you lose your job, you lose your housing. And once again, like, so that comes back down to, is it worth the risk? Right. Is it safe? Is it safe? Mm -hmm. And if it's not safe, it's okay not to come out. And I think that that needs to be very clear that if it's not safe for you to come out, then it's not safe. And to be okay with that. The one caveat I have there is I do think that it's best for your own personal flourishing if you can't come out, if you answer these questions like I can't come out for this reason or this reason, to create a timeline to get away from those reasons. Because I don't I don't think it's healthy. No, I, I agree. But when you're dealing with sure. an ex-spouse. It can be a long timeline. They're not taking your 18-year-old kids away from you. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's important, you know, that you have a plan to try and get yourself towards a place, even again, if it's a ridiculously like 20 year long plan, like, okay, I have everything working against me, I can't support myself, my kids could get taken away, even if it's the longest plan imaginable, partly because that gives you some of your own sense of power back, I think. I couldn't agree with you more, could not agree with you more, because at some point we have to come to a place where we can be absolutely ourselves and show up how we need to show up. And I think that is so incredibly important for our own self-growth and our own health too and then like you were saying then the other thing is to not beat yourself up if it does have to be a very long timeline it's very similar to when we talk about how we will say you know on the show a lot that ethics is super difficult to be very very ethical but the goal isn't to be super ethical the goal is to be slightly more ethical than yesterday i feel like the same thing is true here (laughs) the goal is to be slightly safer slightly more yourself yes than yesterday yes i agree completely and actually i i was listening to your the first time i heard you say that and i was like oh (laughs) That makes so much sense. It's like just to be better, more ethical than I was yesterday. That makes so much more sense. That works. I love it. Yep. That is the goal. Absolutely. All right. So then I have, what would it look like if you came out to your family and friends? Good luck guessing that. And then how would that feel for you? (laughs) Some of it is a crapshoot because, you know, some of us who had those parents who we thought that like would be okay with it aren't okay. But at the core of that, I'm out to my mother. She may not have been able to handle it. So now I have a clear idea of where I stand in that relationship. Mm. How does that affect my day to day life? How does that affect how I show up in the world? So even though she doesn't agree with it, even though she has an issue with it, is that still a relief? Yeah, because I don't I don't think that you have to be quiet about it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, even if she has an issue, it's her issue. Exactly. That's on her. 
Right. I would say, I don't know if my opinion here is helpful because I'm just an honest, I'm just a, I'm obsessed with honesty. So like, I would much rather always people be like, I hate you and know the truth than... Right. Exactly. But you know, they know the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then you don't have to be like, yeah, this is my friend so-and-so versus this is my partner over here. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing is the, we talked about when we did the, the questions like for why and we were saying for the other people, but also for your partners to give them the dignity of their position as your yeah. partner. Mm-hmm. When I have to refer to one of my partners as my friend or my roommate because it's a situation where we can't mm-hmm. be out... Yeah. I feel disgusting. Sure. I yes. feel dirty. I yes. feel... And if it's on account of me, I'm totally super apologetic about it as well. <laughs> if I'm the reason that right. we're doing that. My dad was sick in the ICU of the heart hospital and his sister came up because the doctor's like, it's bad, you need to call family. My husband was home taking care of the kids and making sure they were okay. But he didn't trust my mental state enough for me to drive smartly and my sister also came up so tim my boyfriend is the one who brought us up and i couldn't say to my aunt this is my boyfriend tim he has been instrumental Mm -hmm. in holding my shit together and i had to be like yeah that's a family friend he's been my chauffeur yeah it's horrible horrible because The day before, he and my husband were literally holding me together. Yeah. And that felt horrible. Yeah. Now I think, well, if that were to happen again, I'm not saying that again. Right. That's who this person is because it is heartbreaking. So the next one is, who are some of the most supportive members in your circle who don't know that you're out? And then what would it look like if you reached out to them? That could be a best friend. That could be a close sibling or a close family member. And identifying who those people you feel closest to who aren't aware of your lifestyle and who you are. Yeah, identify the possible allies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then at the same time, you also have to look at what would your relationship look like with them if they were not understanding. (laughs) Right. Again, will you be safe? The most supportive person helped pay my rent. Right. Oh, they might not be safe anymore. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So what does that look like? Is that something that is feasible in your life? Is that something that you can navigate around? Or is that something you really need? And there's no wrong answer. Right, right. And there are no wrong answers to any of these. Just your answer. Right. Your answer to help you feel out if coming out is safe for you. If coming out in a certain way is safe to you. Or coming out to certain people is safe for you. This is a weird question I've been thinking about recently. Coming out related. What about coming out if you're... I don't know the words here because I want to say... If you're monogamous but dating a polyamorous person and your family doesn't know you're dating a polyamorous person but you don't identify as polyamorous. Because there's still a form of coming out there because there's a lot of social There censure. is. Absolutely. Very much in the midst of that right now. My boyfriend has always been monogamous and then I come waltzing in to his life and he is just now starting to come out to certain people in his life. And he's still he's still monogamous. I, mean, I guess he's a spoke in that context then. To a degree, he's finally starting to date. Yeah, I'm thinking about the people who, you meet people and they'll tell you, like, I want to stay monogamous. Like, this is the person I love. I want to date them. I want to be with them. But I don't want to 
date anybody else. I want to be monogamous. I've always been mm. monogamous. I'm only interested in one person. Mm-hmm. I've only ever been interested in one person. That's what I want to do. And I think there's something almost harder. I was going to say harder, yeah. Because you have to constantly defend your partner. Yeah. Yes. And defend your... Reasons for staying with them. Your tolerance, sir. Mm-hmm. So I think it is harder because when you're both polyamorous, it's a goose and gander situation. Yes. But when you have a monogamous partner as part of the relationship, people think that that person's not allowed sure. to date or do whatever floats their boat. Mm-hmm. Or that they obviously, the monogamous person wants the other one to be monogamous. They just can't convince them to do so. So they're the little abused flower yes. that you know is being taken advantage of. And so I, I definitely think it's much harder. I think there's another thing in play there that's less obvious, which is again, talking about generational change that you see the ability to leverage people's relationship with you is a way to change people's mind faster than generational change. Like you have to accept me or you have to lose me. And I think that that's one thing that we all have in our toolkit when we come out to people who we've made ourselves safe from. So once you've made yourself safe from someone, then you come out to them Mm -hmm. and they have to choose, you know, accept you or lose you. But when you aren't the thing that's different and it's hard for them to realize that you are because it's hard to phrase it like, no, no, no. What you're accepting isn't that they're polyamorous. That's fine. What you're accepting is that I want to be with a polyamorous person is hard. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'll even use the language for that. I think that would actually be helpful if you could use the language to say you could shift that discussion. Like you're not accepting that. You're accepting that what I want is to be with a polyamorous person. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, because it feels like they don't even have to accept polyamory to accept you. Like I still love you. You're monogamous. You're still good. You're still ethical. You're still doing the right thing. It's your partner that's a monster. Yes. Right. And that you're allowing that to happen. Yeah. So that was is something I hadn't considered a lot. And of course, there are specific reasons that people might think that monogamy is for them, even if they want to be with someone that's polyamorous. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it because I spent a lot of time thinking about all the benefits of being polyamorous, all the more ethical outcomes and sort of the the biology and all the rest of that. But still, as products of our environment, you can get to a point where you just are a person who's much more comfortable and happy being monogamous because that was just the experience you came up in in a way that isn't changeable inside of this lifetime. Right. What my boyfriend has found is that the more he explains it to his loved ones that I am polyamorous is that it's helped him deal with me dating other people besides him. Mm. It helps him rationalize it. Yeah. I would suggest the language change to conceptualize because rationalize has the connotation that it's not true. Like we rationalize our bad actions and stuff Mm. like that. But what he's trying to do is wrap his head around it. He's trying to understand the concept. Yeah. Conceptualize. Fair enough. I don't know. I just rational. Whenever I hear rationalize, it always sounds like they make excuses. And I know that technically one of the variations is actually explain, but that's not usually how it's used. Right. That's one of the things I love about you. That's awesome. Because you and your yes. What? You and your your how you. I'm not gonna say rationalize, but how you come around to these ideas and perceptions and. Uh, I've listened to it for a while and I love it. Well, thank you. I don't think anyone's ever actually said that on my show before. So no, I do. I, <laughs> I, I really no. good, but I also don't know I how love, to respond. I no, I, I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm verbalizing it well enough, but I love it because you bring that logical side into it. Mm. But you hold on to the ethical, moral side to it as well. 
and I think that's admirable. And I don't see that as much as I think we need to see it. Aww. Thank you. Is that your last question, Sarah? No, I have more. I just, I'm trying to condense them. Yeah, that's something we wrestle with a lot too, because no, not a single topic we've done can you do well in 45 minutes. The next one is if there are people in your circle who know you are poly, who are the most supportive? And how can they help support you during the process of coming out mm. if you decide to come out? That's a good point, especially because of the follower phenomena. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but people always believe another person saying the same thing about you like 10 times more mm-hmm. than you saying it. My siblings tried so hard and they had my back. Mm-hmm. They had those private conversations with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how good it did. Well, it could be so much worse, maybe. <laughs> If they didn't do it. Yeah. But the fact that I knew that they had my back was helpful and supportive. Parents might be a weird exception as well because most parents see all of the kids as... Yes. Not as adult as them. Agreed. But if I have friends, mm-hmm. either siblings or friends, who I knew have my back, who I know are going to be there for me, whatever else that process looked like mm-hmm. outside of them, and I know I have them to lean on, mm-hmm. that is huge yeah Mm -hmm. that i mean that's huge in that process to know that i still have that support from these people who i know and trust who i can be myself around and if things go to shit with whoever else i do know that these people have my back did any of you ever have friend issues i never had a friend that cared i never had a friend issue it was family i don't think i've had a friend issue no i don't think i really ever had a friend issue because that's another one that i've been thinking about a lot recently is people who say my friends couldn't take it if they found out i don't want to generalize this but to my knowledge with my friends that have come out it's not friends they have an issue with because your friends choose to be your family Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whereas your family is not you know your blood family is not chosen Mm -hmm. so they get to be a little more i can't think of the word asinine a little more judgmental (laughs) and a little asinine yeah i don't know if get to be is right but is yeah are likely to be etc right They feel more privileged to be, I guess. And they're less like you. Your friends choose to be your family. So they they know you. But we also choose to be around them too. Mm -hmm. So we learn Mm -hmm. how to weed certain people out. Right. We choose people who are open-minded and and like-minded. My two best friends, I I mean, I have probably five best friends. None, one is Polly. Mm. Mm -hmm. The same, yeah. Yeah. And what's great is when I was outed at work, I actually do work with two of my best friends mm-hmm. and they had because for some reason it's it's easier to ask other people about me mm-hmm. than to ask me about mm-hmm. me so they fielded a lot of questions mm-hmm. yeah um and they were super supportive right. when again them being supportive makes it seem more legitimate as well because people that like her and care about her who are not her who can see it from the outside are going this is a good idea right right so that's how they can support you through all of all of that and i think that's yeah. awesome yeah. I don't know what it, what it is about that, that people are... I've had family members ask my mom about me, mm-hmm. as opposed to asking me asking about you. me. you. Yep. It's oh, just so funny. Yeah. I agree. I would much rather them ask me, but it's... Yeah. Well, especially in place of your mom. I mean, that's gotta be... That's a hell of a filter. Yeah. <laughs> well, instead of putting yeah. anybody else in a situation where they've got to answer questions about me sure. that they may mm-hmm. or may not feel comfortable asking, mm-hmm. answering... Mm-hmm. Come to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I agree. But I think that's also by person too, because I feel like a lot of introverts would be like, no, don't come to me. 
<laughs> go, go talk to the extrovert who knows. They're good. They got this. That's what they're there for. She's my PR person. And that could be the case. <laughs> we have different strengths and different things that we don't like doing. And, and right. I have friends, too, who will be like, hey, so so-and-so wanted me to talk to you about this. I think that's okay. Because I think that we have to be careful of each other's strengths and challenges mm-hmm. when yeah. it comes to figuring things out. But those are the people who do know and who can support you. And if that's the way Mm -hmm. they can support you, then that can make all the difference in the world. My final several questions combined into one or two is in the ideal situation, if you could have that scheduled conversation with people, you've decided you're going to come out to a certain group of people. If you could schedule that conversation exactly, what would it look like? Would it be a group conversation? Would it be individual conversations? Why would it be a group conversation? Why would it be an individual conversation? Does anyone ever say group to that question? Like <laughs> Oh, I no, mean, I would totally say group. Why? I would have been happy to sit my whole family down and be like, okay, this is what it's up. Well, I would. I would sit, I would sit everybody in a like Get it done and over with. <laughs> like one of my classes that I do. I would sit everybody yes. down and go, okay, ask your questions. Because yes. they've all got the same damn questions. They all have the same yes. questions, <laughs> but they've all got different languages. They do. When you answer the question they for do. the room, six people in that room misunderstand your answer and go home with a different answer than the three people that you were this talking to. Right. So with that said, if you were going to do a group or you were going to do smaller groups, how would you separate it? Why would you separate it into those groups? Like I could have talked to my siblings separately and then maybe talk to my dad and whoever he was seeing and then maybe talk to my mom and her husband. So why would you separate into those groups? Or maybe depending on how my siblings handle it, maybe I could have them in on that conversation with my parents. Right. Yeah. I would totally pyramid scheme that. <laughs> I'd be like, who's the best person like... to talk to first? Well, but my thinking, my issue is that coming out is also a process. I would say that coming out ends when you're comfortable with those people. So for me, maybe it took 10 years to yeah. finish coming out to my family. Absolutely. Where I got so comfortable, I could just I could just be naturally myself and I wasn't still making choices about hiding some parts and not other parts and was really, really out. I think that telling everybody in a big group at first might be faster to tell everyone, but I... Might cause problems. I feel like it actually is going to take more time to correct the misunderstandings mm-hmm. from that original explanation, especially if you have people that are the kind of people who don't ask questions or they get upset about something that they misunderstood and then don't ask about it. They just shut down, yeah. Or even if they take time to process. Right, when you can tailor language to people, if you're thinking about language as trying to affect that person in the world, it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to hit the language marks that that person needs to hear to understand. Because you can you can literally just think, okay, if I say this, he'll hear that. But if I say this, they'll hear that. And if I say this, they'll hear that. And when you're trying to write something for everybody. Right, so that's why it's important to to decide like are you going to do it in a group are you going to do it in small yeah. groups are you going to do it individually are you going to have your partner with you or your partners with you why would you do that why wouldn't you do that mm-hmm. and to be fair i've never come out to a group of people except to my department when i was outed you didn't have a choice mm-hmm. you right. didn't have a choice i'm with right. you you want to get management yeah. you want to get in front of that you want your story out there good calls right unfortunately you just never i've never had the opportunity to come out to people as a group yeah it's always just fell on an individual basis you have to also depend like 
decide what a group is. So is a group two people? Is a group three people? Is a group your siblings and your parents? Is that a group? Yeah, no, it's always been individual. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, for me, that feels more comfortable, but for others, that may not be. That's just what, and I don't even know that it was more comfortable. It's just kind of happened that way. How it happened, yes. Well, and if you're friends with me on Facebook, you'll see that every once in a while I'll go, hey, ask ask your questions. Ask yes. away. And I actually get good responses and people will, you know, will feed off each other's questions and they, they end up being great conversations. I guess that's kind of why I said group is because, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want to ask a question and they let somebody else ask that question or yes. they, one person asks a question and then the other person goes, hey, I didn't think about that. Well, what about this? And, you know, they can kind of feed off each other's questions sure and that like i said that's the reason that i said group is so everybody can kind of help each other yeah understand as opposed to it just me being the one to explain it like that teacher in a classroom sort of concept when and it does it does also help people who want to know but are scared to ask because if other people are asking the questions they get to hear the Mm -hmm. answers that they would never be willing to ask so i don't don't know yeah definitely not me i have always had a long-term disdain for having any important conversation with more than one person it drives me nuts. But then, you know, it depends on the situation. That's the difference in the way that I think about it. The, 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 the way we think about it is to me, besides the whole work thing, because mm. it was my, it is my livelihood. Sure. It's how I feed my children. It's not ever been an important conversation mm-hmm. to me. It's just mm-hmm. been me. Mm-hmm. It's the same conversation I would have with somebody about my shoe size or my hair color mm-hmm. or hemorrhoids or you know what I mean like it's just <laughs> I'm just open like that so mm-hmm. it's never been that big important conversation for me I get that it is for other people like the people I'm speaking to or mm-hmm. for other people in my position but it's just never I've always had the luxury of being able to be the most genuine me I can be for the most part I wouldn't say always but for most of my life so it, it just hasn't it's it's I just kind of own every part of me really if you know me at all you know nothing is a secret <laughs> i don't have secrets so. i have and we talked about this before i still have residuals of wanting to know trying to help people accurately understand me and so soon whenever i have a conversation mm-hmm. that's important with mm-hmm. two people someone will go well i think he's saying and i'm like no it's not what i'm saying stop trying to tell them what i'm saying no, don't speak for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, I think that's definitely going to be time. Yeah. Oh, great. And that was my last question. Those were really good questions. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and for bringing, being so prepared. Thank you for having me. I just pulled She's up my shit. She's way more prepared than we ever are. <laughs> in in our defense, it was a class Are you kidding teaches. me? I've been working so. This is true. This is true. <laughs> you know, I, I got to say, I, I would love to be more prepared if I could find a way to not have to have a day job for the rest of the week that I'm working on. Uh, I No, I feel you because I've got that too. It just is... Uh... Well, I meant, I meant for everyone. Like we, we, I think we've each done like a episode where we managed to show up like prepared because it was like our specialty topic. Mm-hmm. But I meant more like when we're doing one every two weeks. Right. Yeah, y'all <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> we just kind of show up and shoot the shit. You know what though? Like, I that's... think that's brilliant. <laughs> I think that's because that's just how it is and I have enjoyed I hate podcasts you guys have been awesome and I love listening to your podcast 
And um, we appreciate that. Thank you. We have a lot of fun doing it. So. And you can tell, and I love it because I want to like jump in on these conversations you guys are having, but I'm usually driving while I'm listening to them, but you guys are awesome. And I love these podcasts y'all are doing. And I don't Aww. listen in that manner very well. Like it's, it's hard for me to not engage in conversations and you guys do such a great job and I really enjoy them. So y'all keep it up. Y'all are doing great. We appreciate that. Thank you so yeah, much. It means a lot. Absolutely. I don't know what the next episode is, so just tune in <laughs> next time and it'll be something. I'm sure it'll be good. And thank you, Sarah Neal, for yes, joining us again. today. That was those were really great questions and we really appreciate your time. Thank y'all for having me. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.